Lord's definitely given us a beautiful day. Uh, let's go ahead and stand as we jump into the worship part of the service. We want to give honor and glory to the Lord in everything that we do. Uh, and so right now, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in tells us in Matthew 28 verse 6 that he lives he didn't just die and we're reading about some character that uh, has kind of just dissipated throughout history he lives today so let's sing he lives I serve a risen Savior he's in the world today I know that he is living whatever men may say I see this end 
Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me say today that he lives within your heart and if you don't know that please uh talk with somebody on your way out and i'm uh, a pastor anybody and that's the most important question you can have answered right now let's go ahead and wave to those around us go ahead and say how it's good to see him this morning even if you don't think it just go ahead and say it it's okay you can go ahead and have a seat and right now we Thankful for Brother J.L. coming up and singing the special. Thank you, sir.
word of prayer, so go ahead and uh, pray there with the person sitting beside you or, or uh, there uh, to yourself and, and ask God that you would give us understanding from his word today. Let's go ahead and uh, take a moment for prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you so much that you live today and that you are coming back. I thank you that even as we talked about in Sunday school, that, that you did not leave us comfortless, but you left us with your Holy Spirit. You left us with your wonderful word. I pray now that you would uh, be with Brother Bing, that you would give him the words to speak, give us ears to hear that we might hear from you today, God. I thank you, Lord, that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray that everything that is said and done would give you honor and glory. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us another day. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone, go ahead and stand as we jump into our final song before the preaching. <clears throat> and I'd like to draw a close attention to the last uh, part of the song. It says, why should I gain from his reward? And that's the question. Why should we gain from what Christ has done for us? And the answer is, I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Christ's sacrifice has given us the hope and the freedom that we could not get any other way. Let's sing, How Deep the Father's Love. How Deep the Father's Love
has been paid. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, it's my pleasure to introduce to us our speaker today, Pastor Eddie Bing, and he was pastor at Westside. Is it Westside, right? I want to say Wayside for some reason, but Westside Baptist right across here. You can see it right across the hill over here uh, for many years, and, uh, and it's our pleasure to have him with us today. So you come preach to us, brother, and great to have you and your family here. God bless. Are we on? There we go. There we go. Now we're on. I see somebody left a cough drop for me. Um, is that a hint? Uh, somebody smelled my breath. Um, anyhow, I got one just in case. It's allergy season. Allergy season, everybody coughs and sneezes and sniffles and everything. And right now, everybody's like, oh, no, it's COVID. No, it's not COVID. Um, if you will be turning with me in your Bible to, uh, to the book of First John, Chapter number three. I guess I need to kind of introduce myself a little bit. Um, our last name is Bing, B-I-N-G, like bingo without the O. Uh, when we first moved up here about 13 years ago, my father-in-law was pastoring what is now the Camo Church. It used to be Friendship Baptist Church. I came up here from Richmond, Virginia, so I'm a come here. I had to learn to speak hillbilly when I moved up here. I did pest control in Richmond, and I did pest control up here. I was a bug nerd and a chemical nerd. Um, so anyhow, when we came up here, um, I started traveling the area for pest control as far out as Bridal Creek Elementary School and Laurel Fork, North Carolina line up through Withville, and um, some into Bland and, and Rural Retreat and all of those areas. So once you cross over that North Carolina line, I'm, I'm really unfamiliar with that stuff down there. did pest control for between Richmond and here, a total of 11 years, and um, like I say, I was uh, assistant pastor to my father-in-law. There was a lady in the church, um, y'all may know Ricky Vaughn, his, uh, his um, wife before she passed was Becky Vaughn, and she thought that our name was Bean, um, and I said, no, if my last name was Bean, I would have named my daughter Ima Lima. <laughs> to, the, to this day... Um, that was probably close to 13 years ago. To this day, my son-in-law calls my daughter Lima. Um, 
My son-in-law is stationed at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. You may know him. His dad's name is Joe Young. He pastors out in Meadows, Meadows of Dam. Um, Josiah Young, why on earth I ever married my daughter off to Josiah Young? It's beyond me. But anyhow, I did. They left honorably. They had their first kiss at the wedding, um, which that was not imposed by me. That was on them. I praise the Lord for that. They left honorably. Had their first kiss at the wedding. Had four days to get him back on base at Lackland Air Force Base in Texas, 20 hours away. In those four days, she got pregnant. I'm a grandpa. Then on their one-year anniversary, shortly thereafter, she called up and said, Daddy, I need to talk to you. I said, don't tell me, you're pregnant again. She said, yeah. So now I've got two grandbabies that are 20 hours away. All right, so my oldest is, wow, almost 22 years old. Um, my wife and I have been married for 22 years, and we'll be married for 23 years this summer. Okay, so if you're counting on your fingers, we were married first, okay. Um, then my, uh, my oldest son, Jonathan, he was born on my birthday. He's, he's 20 now. I'm, I'm still 26. Um, I identify as a 26-year-old. Uh, so anyways, um, and then uh, he works with me at Volvo, and, um, or right now we're on strike. Um, then my other son, TJ, uh, he's 18. He's a uh, manager over at Rose's department store in, in Galax. So if you've ever gone in there and heard TJ to the register, TJ to the register, that's him. Um, so anyways, then we have uh, Joey. He's 15, about to turn 16 on me. Wow. And um, about two years ago, Hunter and Hannah came to be with us. So now I got two more, and um, I love them dearly. And that's my girl back there. She's my girl. Anyways, um, she is a daddy's girl. And so we, uh, we love the little ones. So that's a little bit about us. Oh, I'm, I was assistant pastor at Friendship Baptist for five years. And then um, as my father-in-law was transitioning out of the area, uh, he's in, in Alabama. You were mentioned in Nick Saban in Sunday school. Before I met my father-in-law, my wife told me, the question was, will come up, Alabama or Auburn? And you had better get it right. So I learned to say Roll Tide a long time ago. Um, huge Alabama Crimson Tide fans. So uh, if you just, you know, uh, imagine what happens when they lose a game. It's, it's not a good situation. But um, after he transitioned out of the area, then I started pastoring Westside Baptist Church, and we were there for five years. Like I say, we were um, getting involved in, uh, in taking care of little ones, let's just put it that way, and um, my daughter was getting married, and we decided that it was time to uh, back away from the pastorate at that time. So it's been several years, and you know, when, when you say that you're a former pastor, people are like, oh no, what kind of gross sin were you in? Um, no, it, it's nothing like that. We just decided that it was time for us to, um, to move on. And so we made the transition. We've been attending at Bear Trail Baptist Church. I, uh, I really felt like and we, we came over here um, once or twice, I think. Uh, and we know some of the folks here. Uh, Joe Skelton back there. Um, yeah, know him. And, and Wanda and Ron and uh, breaks our heart that uh, Ron has gone on to be with the Lord, and um, the Meltons. Now, Cindy Melton, if y'all, y'all know Cindy, um, she's a character. And we went on a, about 13 years ago, and I'm, I'm talking way too much. We'll get into the scripture, don't worry. 
Um, this is one of them storyteller preachers. No, not exactly. No, I'm uh, more expository verse by verse. But you, you got to know somebody. And people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay? Um, so I want to be a help to you t- this morning. But, but at the same time, you kind of got to uh, get to know who we are a little bit. And um, Randall and Cindy and Matt, when he was l- little bitty and my kids were little bitty, we went up to something up in rural retreat where they had like this pumpkin thing. I think the skeletons were with us, weren't you? And um, that was cool because the, you, they put this pumpkin in this pumpkin chunker and sent it way over across the field. And we all came back to Galax and we were at the McDonald's and letting the kids play in the thing. And, and, um, and I went to take care of some of the kids and came back and I was drinking my Sprite. I drank the whole thing and Cindy was just dying laughing. Well, while, when I got up, she had taken a lid off of my drink and she had put pepper down in my drink and all. So I have called her Pepper for years. Um, so anyhow, uh, but yeah, um, and then of course my kids have known some of the young folks here from, from camp and everything. Um, this fellow right here, I'd, I'd hate to stand alongside of him because you always look to me like, you know, Superman or something. I mean, you got that Clark Kent look to you and I look like the dopey fat guy that's, you know, been eating his wife's good cooking for 20 some years, you know, anyhow, but, um, I appreciate y'all having us with you this morning. And uh, it's, it's wonderful to have the opportunity to, to preach and share with you as the Lord has laid on our hearts. And um, I do want, want you to know that I want to be a help to you this morning. I know that you're in a period of time of, of transition, a period of time of un, some uncertainty, and we want to be a help and encouragement to God's people. Uh, you may have seen my family as, um, you know, we haven't been, I haven't been pastoring, so we have been doing other things, very involved in, in ministry at Bear Trail Baptist. My children do a, a lot with the music. Um, we actually have a Bible Institute down there, and um, a couple of my boys are taking classes from the Bible Institute that we have at, at the Church of Bear Trail. I didn't want to be so close to Westside when, when I did leave that I might draw people away from there, um, if you understand what I mean. Sometimes when a pastor leaves, people follow. It's just how, how things work. It's, it's just... The nature of the beast and um, so I didn't want that to happen wanted to make a smooth transition for the pastor coming in so we attended down at Bear Trail Baptist down at the foot of the mountain um, so anyhow little that's a little bit of uh, background on us if you will if you haven't already turn with me to first John chapter number three first John chapter number three and we'll go ahead and read through the, the entire chapter Um, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Now I want to pause there for just a minute. I do not want you to think for even a moment that I'm going to be preaching sinless perfection, because we do not achieve that in this life. All right? Um, but this, when it says that um, sinneth not, it's talking about continual, perpetual sin. Uh, 
A child of God will lapse into sin and loathe it. A child of the devil will leap into sin and love it. Right? Have you ever had things in your life that you've done that you're ashamed of, that after you've, you've started walking with the Lord and then you've turned back and you've done things that you ought not? Sure you have. We all have. And um, on this side of glory, we're not going to reach sinless perfection. Okay, so verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. And once again, this is a perpetual thing. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I don't know the, the hearts and the, the minds of the people here, but you do. I don't know if um, folks were able to, uh, to focus on your word through the entire passage that we just read. Lord, there's a lot there, and we want to be able to understand your word. Lord, we, we came today because we need your word. We came today because we're, we're people in, in need of you speaking to us. Uh, Lord, there might be someone within the sound of my voice today that doesn't know you as their Savior, that has rejected you thus far. Lord, I pray that you would draw that person to yourself, um, that the, the things that are said would, would persuade that individual to uh, bow before you in humility and, and repent of their sins and re rejoice in you 
as you come into their lives and, and save souls. Lord, we give you the glory for what you're going to do. We ask, Lord, that each person here today would say, Lord, would you speak to me? Lord, would you speak to my heart? In Jesus' name, amen. All right. First, I guess before I start, brother, I hope you, I didn't offend you by, uh, by saying that. I just I always thought you, you had that look to you. Anyways, um, sharp-looking guy. So sharp, you crispy. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Um, anyhow, as we look at this, uh, we're the ones that, um, that go out and, and do crazy things. I, I always figured that since the flea market was here that we needed to reach out to people when they came. Um, when we were at Westside, they were right down the hill. So we got this sign that says, see three things that God cannot do. So what do you mean th three things that God cannot do? Well, it, it attracts people's attention. First off, the first door on that sign says, God can't lie. Did you know that God can't lie to you? Second door says, God can't change. He's the same yesterday, to, yesterday today, and forever. He's always going to be the same. He's not going to be telling you the truth one day and lying to you the next. He's not going to be good to you one day and evil the next. That'd be a serious problem. Well, because God can't lie and God can't change, the third door says God can't let you into heaven unless you've been born again. Because Jesus told a very religious man in John chapter number 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So we just simply ask people, have you ever been born again? The first Memorial Day weekend that we did that, we would sit people down. If they said, no, I've never been born again, we would show them from the scriptures how to be born again. The first Memorial Day weekend that we did that, we had 11 people gave their life to Christ. Um, Bear Trail Baptist, uh, one of the reasons why we went down there is because they got involved with us in the public ministry of going to the flea market and doing that. And um, we rejoiced to have the help. And over the course of a uh, Labor Day weekend with several booths going, we had some missionaries up here at the Marathon gas station. We had um, Bear Trail's booth at... Uh, at um, the VFW, and, and we had another one over in Bowman's Flea Market, and between all the booths and the missionaries helping out, we had about 21 people that weekend got, got saved. And um, I rejoice in that, and uh, praise God in that. We've, uh, my sons and I have gotten involved in doing some street preaching. If you've ever passed by on a Saturday morning on the corner up here and seen these crazy people holding signs, and they, they're weird. That's me, and that's my boys, okay? We're weird. Weird's a relative term, because what's weird to a normal person is, you, you know what I mean? Without me going, going through all that, um, I'm okay with being weird. And uh, if I've got to share the, share the gospel with people, I've got to share the gospel with people one way or another. If that's standing behind a pulpit, or if that's out on the street, or whatever you've got to do. When's the last time you witnessed to somebody? Did Christ save you or not? All right? It, and why would you witness to somebody? I love my family. I love my kids. And I'm, I'm a dad to my kids. I love being a dad to my kids. And my Heavenly Father loves being a dad to His kids. He loves reaching out to people and taking, taking those that, that don't have a, a father and being a father to them. You understand that? And we look at this text in verse number 1. I want you to see that the, the whole Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is involved in salvation of souls. It's in, he's involved, they are involved in the church. 
All right? In verse number one, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Do you see it, folks? That the Father hath bestowed love upon us. That we, as rotten and sinful as we are, should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Yeah, people think we're weird. That's all right. I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm weird. Some people are like, well, I don't know how you could get up and stand in front of people and speak. Well, half of them aren't listening anyways. The other ones are thinking, oh my, if I got up there, I wouldn't be able to sing. I, and the ladies are just, I would cry the whole time. I would just get up there and cry. I'm not going to cry. I, I mean, I might a little bit if the Lord touches my heart about something, but I ain't worried about it. If you think I'm weird, I, you think I'm weird, and I'm, I'll go on about my business, right? Um, the, the world doesn't know us. The world can't understand why we do the things that we do. Why would you take the time to read God's Word? It's going to tell you to obey Him. Well, in this country, we're free, aren't we? We're free to do whatever we want. Christ doesn't make you free to do whatever you want. Christ makes you free to do as you ought. There's a big difference. Before I got saved, I wasn't free to do as I ought. And Brother Mike was talking about in Sunday school, uh, one of the first things that, that happens when, when you get saved is the Lord starts getting hold of your tongue. I hadn't cussed since 1994. Now, I grew up um, in Richmond, going to a public school, and I was, um, I was an art freak. Okay, I can draw. Uh, I used to draw people's portraits for a living. And um, that's what I was going to do. I was going to go off to art school. My dad was a truck driver. My dad didn't get past eighth grade and made ten times the amount of money that I did. Um, he passed away last year, right before all the COVID stuff started. Um, but he, he would listen to Focus on the Family on the radio and, and Christian radio. And he'd come home and he'd say, James Dobson says you've got to go to one year of a Christian school. Before you go off to art school and become some art freak, you know, you're going to go to one year of a Christian school. So he sent me to Liberty University. That was the most conservative thing my dad knew of. So I was one of Jerry's kids, and that's where I met my wife. Right? Jerry Falwell, if you don't know, some people are sitting there, who's Jerry? Jerry Falwell, all right? Um, so I went to Liberty University, and um, we got married and went off to, uh, to Southeastern, which is a Southern Baptist school in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and I've taken some classes from Slidell, and I still don't have a bachelor's degree. Um, I've learned more out of school than I ever did in school. But the Lord did a whole lot to, uh, to work in our lives and to, and, and to bring us along and to, to, to mentor us through different people. And... Um, the father adopts us into his family. You see, I, my dad passed away last year, and, and, and yet I've still got a dad. I've still got a father. My dad was ready to go. Um, the November before he passed, he, he flew by himself down to Texas, down to um, my daughter, and went to go see the, the grandbaby, or great-grandbaby, my grandbaby, and um, got to see her little Rachel, and um, flew back up, and at Christmas time he had that ash and gray color. You know what I'm talking about? When somebody's got cancer, they got that ash and gray color. I said, Dad, you got cancer. You need to go get checked out. So a week or so after, um, after Christmas, he found out he had 
stage four liver and pancreas cancer. And by February 17th, he was gone. I got a chance to preach his, his funeral. Um, when it comes to this whole thing, fatherhood of God, it's very real to me that I can't talk to my earthly dad anymore. But I have a heavenly father that I can call on. I have a heavenly father that, that's there with me and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I'm his own. And yeah, I'm prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. But yet he draws me back and he helps me to walk with him. What manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Yes, he is coming again. Um, we're the, if, you're, if you know Christ as your Savior, you're a son or a daughter of God. Now, not everybody is a son or daughter of God. When we're out at the flea market and we take people through the sons, God can't lie, God can't change, God can't let you in heaven unless you've been born again. We just ask people, have you ever been born again? And some people tell me, yeah, I've been baptized. Well, I'm sorry, but you can get baptized so many times that every tadpole in the, in the river knows your name. Don't amount to a hill of beans. All that water ever did was get anybody wet, Right? Do you have a relationship with Christ? Has Christ come into your life? Tell me this, are you 50, 75, 100% sure that you're going to heaven when you die? I was working with Randall at uh, Volvo, and um, uh, Randall's got those long arms to be able to pick up um, fuel tanks. He's laughing back there. He'll grab hold of those fuel tanks and set them on the, on the truck, and I would grab hold of the strap and, zzz, and you know, put it in there. And the boy across from us, I grew up Methodist. This young man grew up Methodist. I'm not trying to say anything about against the Methodist or anything like that. But um, when I was 17, I got saved. And I really started studying to figure out, what do I believe? And I figured out I'm Baptist, all right? Because I believe that the Scriptures are Baptist. Um, so, you know, I'm not trying to put anybody else down or anything like that, but this young man, his name was Dustin, and, and I asked Dustin, I said, Dustin, are you 50, 75, 100% sure you're going to heaven when you die? He said, oh, I'm about 75%. And um, he let me give, Randall, I don't even know if you were paying attention to us. Um, you, were, you were working, doing your thing. I was talking to him at the back of the truck, in between trucks, in between trucks that we do. I was talking to him about the gospel and giving him the plan of salvation. And uh, it was a Friday night, and that Friday night he went home, and he came back Monday morning, and he said, I want you to know, I made sure. I made sure. A young man got saved. What about you? Are you 50, 75, 100% sure you're going to heaven when you die? His response was, I'm about 75% sure. Well, tell me this. If you're, if you're to get on an airplane, and um, brother, I saw on Facebook where you went over to, to Israel, and what a trip that must have been. But if you had gotten on that airplane, and, and the pilot said, just as you're taking off the runway, you're about to go over top of the ocean, ladies and gentlemen, I'd just like you to know that we're about 75% sure we're going to be able to land this plane successfully. You don't want to be on that plane, do you? No, you don't want to be on that plane. You want that pilot to be 100% sure that he's going to be able to successfully land that, that plane. What about your eternal salvation? Are you 100% sure that you're His? Do you know that you know that you know that Jesus Christ has saved you? If you're not 100% sure, you're not just talking about the ocean. 
You're talking about God's glory. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I can't jump across the ocean, neither can you. I, I can't do it. I also can't get to God's glory apart from God's Son. So I know some of these principles that we're talking about are very uh, general principles. And uh, brother, how much time do we have? How, much, how, how long do you all normally go? All right. All right. So I, I'll, I'll try to be mindful of, of your time. I know, uh, I know some people are like, well, I, I definitely want to get to the restaurant before the, the Pentecostal church lets out. Because once that parent, you know, I understand. Um, You've got to get over there to Burger King before the line starts. Okay. So anyhow, are you sure? Not everybody's a child of God. Jesus told a, a bunch of Jews in John chapter number 8, verse 44, you're of your father the devil. Some people don't belong to God. Now don't get me wrong, I'm no Calvinist. All right? I believe that God is wooing you and pulling you and drawing you by external means. He is striving to get your attention. And if you're a Calvinist, you're analyzing every word that I say at this point. Okay, I don't know if there's Calvinists in here. I, I doubt you're going to raise your hand and identify yourself at this moment. All right, but, um, but I believe that God is wooing people and drawing people to Himself by using external means that he might, he might provide salvation for you in such a way that you would respond to Him of your own free will. Um, if you don't know what a Calvinist is, ask me later and I'll explain it. Um, anyhow, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 14, verse 1 tells us that. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There's none that doeth good. Uh, they are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. That's in, in Psalms. Psalm 14. In Romans, we're told, in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have. I'm not a perfect person. If you're looking for a perfect preacher, you're not going to find it. Um, if you put those kind of expectations on any man, you're not going to you're not going to be satisfied. Well, he's not like brother so and so that we used to go to church with, and it, I can't be you, brother. You can't be me. I can't be, you know. You're talking about imitating somebody else. Yeah, I, I can try to do my Billy Graham impersonation and. We've got some literature for you. Won't you come? You know, the, uh, the Bible says. I wish I had one of those golden voices. I don't. Um, but we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us. We're in the same boat. And even though I might not be able to preach like Billy Graham or uh, you might like David Jeremiah or some, somebody on the, on the internet or Adrian Rogers... Um, whoever it may be. There's, have you ever noticed in Baptist churches there, uh, there are different camps of Baptists? There's the Sword of the Lord group. There's the Peter Ruckman group. Um, there's now the James Knox group. There's the, uh, the um, Calvary Baptist group down in, in Tennessee, or in Tennessee, in, um, in King, North Carolina. There's, there's all these different groups. Um, the Jack Howells group, Howells Anderson University. There's all these groups of independent Baptists. So when, when people are trying to figure you out, they're trying to figure out what kind of, what kind of independent Baptist are you. There's so many different 
um, groups of independent Baptists. You know, I, I've always been one that I, I'm going to do my best to stick with stuff, stick with the book. And um, some of those men have, have some really good things to say, and some of the things, you know, it's, it's like a fishbone type thing. You, you, you take out the, um, the meat and you, you throw out the, the fish bones. That's a little gross, but you get the, the point of what I'm saying. All right. Isaiah tells us, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every one of us. And that's what, we, that's what I preach on the street corner. All we like sheep have gone astray. Because it, he can easily say, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yep, see, we've all done it. It's okay, right? It's all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So every, everybody's okay. You're okay and I'm okay because you know, God understands that we have needs. We've got a society now that wants to pass over sin and, and anything goes. Well, it's a free country. Let them do whatever they want. Well, you know, I understand uh, people have their freedom to believe the way that they want to believe. Um, uh, Randall and I used to work across the line from a guy that's a pagan. Lives not too far from here. I love the guy to death. He's got some weird beliefs. He's an absolute pagan. He believes in earth, wind, fire, water, and spirit. You know the, the pentagram? He believes um, that the elements are, he worships earth, wind, fire, water, and spirit. And by the way, young folks especially, if you've ever watched Frozen 2, Frozen 2 is a pagan movie. It teaches to believe in earth, wind, fire, water, and spirit. If you've ever watched Frozen 2, that's what that movie is about. If you don't believe me, and mom and dad want to go back and watch it again, it's there. All right? Um, are we reaching out to people with the attitude, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? I used to be one of these individuals that's out here that's lost his ball in tall weeds. That was me. Now the Lord has come into my life. He's saved me. He's brought me into His family. And behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. How is it that the Lord reached down into my life and saved me? And adopted me. As, as wretched as I am, he wanted me to be part of his family. You know, he could see my sin and the wages of my sin. When I go out and I work a job, I, I work to earn my wage. And if my boss was a, wasn't a good boss and didn't pay me my wage, that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be just. Our Heavenly Father, we, we are owed a wage. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. We've earned our wage. And that wage had to be taken care of. God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's not as a good moral example. Christ died on our behalf. He died in my place. He died taking my handwriting of ordinances that was against me. There was, there was written against me a, a, a bill uh, or a, um, a conviction notice I was already convicted of my sin. And he nailed it to his cross, despising the shame, washed away my sin, blotting out that handwriting of ordinances with his very own blood. Why? That, uh, that I might be his son? If you, you might turn with me. I don't know that you need to take time to, to turn over there, but in John chapter number 1. John chapter number 1 and verse 11 and 12. He came unto his own, 
The nation of Israel is what he's speaking of there. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You want to be adopted into his family? What's your relationship with your dad like? You don't have to answer that out loud. That's a hard thing to answer for a lot of people. Some people didn't have a, a dad that was a dad. Some people's dad wasn't a dad. Know what I mean? Um, some people had great fathers. But now we've got the opportunity to be His if you'll receive Him. You can be a child of God. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on His name. Have you believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God? Have you believed on Christ? Have you received Him? If you've never received Christ, you've got a real problem in life because you're none of His. You don't have the Holy Spirit of God. You need Christ in your life. You need to be saved, born again. However the terminology you want to use, if you don't understand it when I'm saying being born again, you need to be saved. You need to be regenerated. You need the Lord to come into your life. And how is that accomplished? It's accomplished as we turn to Him in, by faith. By faith we come to know Christ. Let me continue with my notes before I get too far off. The Son atones for us. The Father adopts us. The Son atones for us. Look at verse 4 of 1 John chapter number 3. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. He became sin for us. He bore our punishment. He bore our shame. He bore our grief. He took the punishment that you and I deserve. Who would do that? A loving Father. Loving father that would do what the child needed, no matter what. My family doesn't have to worry about where the next meal is coming from. My family doesn't have to worry about whether or not they're going to have a house to live in. Whether or not the lights are going to be taken care of, or, or the water. I'm going to do that. My family doesn't have to worry about whether or not we're going to live for the Lord. I'm going to make sure of that. That is my responsibility. As a husband, as a father, we're going to live for the Lord. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know if you've received Him. I don't know if you're going to receive Him. I don't know if you've received Him and then in, in your Christian walk, you seem to live like an atheist. There's a lot of Christians that, yes, we believe God. God we believe God's Word. But I don't know that we always believe Him. Do you believe Him? Do you believe what He tells you? And, and when He tries to, to, to work with you, and walk with you, and talk with you, do you want Him? Do you want to know Him? Where's your relationship with the Lord? I'm coming into this church. I know a few people. I know a few faces and have, have know some of you directly, some of you indirectly. Some of you I don't know at all. I don't know what your Christian walk is like. I don't know if you're here because it's, it's your duty. I've been on this pew for 30 years, and I'm gonna, this is my pew. I, I, I don't know how that works, right? And, and I might offend you. I'm just shooting down in a dark hole. If you happen to be in that dark hole when I shoot, that's your fault, not mine. 
right? Um, the Son atones for us. He makes intercession for us. You know, he, he has died in our place. Ezekiel um, 18 tells us in verse 4 and verse 20 that the soul that sinneth it shall surely die. The wages of sin is death. And he has done what needs to be done. When he was on the cross, he said, It is finished. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And last, last thing he says on the cross, Into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he gave up the ghost. He didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave for our justification. The Spirit guides us. The Father adopts us. You want to be a part of His family? He's a father to the fatherless. He's one that that will take us into His his household, into His family. And He cares for us and He loves us as only He can. I don't know what your relationship with your earthly father is or was, but I know that your heavenly Father wants you. He wants you to be with Him. He wants you to talk to Him. The Spirit atones for us so that we, or the Son atones for us so that we can have that kind of relationship. The Spirit guides us. Look down in chapter number 3 and verse 23. And this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. You know, as I was thinking about um, coming here this morning and, and presenting uh, what God's Word would have for you. Everybody's, every preacher that gets up, I'll give you a little hint. As people come here to preach, everybody's got two or three really good sermons. Okay? So y'all are thinking, if this is one of his good sermons, whew, he's in trouble. I struggled with this all day yesterday and, and last night and... Um, so, this is something I put, put together. Because I really feel like in a, in a position of any church, one of the main things that you've got to get hold of is you folks got to love one another. You've got to love one another. Did you hear me? You don't have to love me. You've got to love one another. This is the body of Christ, is it not? Every part of the body of Christ is needful. Corinthians talks about how we need each other. We, we need the hand. We need the foot. We need the eye. We need the ear. We need the mouthpiece. We need the head. Our Lord Jesus Christ. But you folks got to love on each other. This thing of COVID is hard. Just the COVID thing alone. Well, we've had mentioned um, family members and friends that uh, that have COVID or are on respirators or whatever. We've got family members and friends that have cancer. We've got people that are going through all sorts of pain. You've got to be there for each other. Pastor can't do it all. Pastor cannot meet the emotional and spiritual and physical needs of everybody in this church. And don't you love it when somebody says, well, I just wish that, my, that church would have done more for mom now that mom's a widow. That church should have done more for mama. No, you should have done more for mama. Uh, you've got a responsibility to requite your own parents at home. You've got a responsibility biblically to, to take care of what needs to be taken care of. Each member of the body of Christ is needful and should be led by the Spirit. He says that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us command. Verse 24, 
And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that we abide, that he abide in us, by the Spirit which he hath given us. When I got saved as a young teenager, I think I was about 17 years old. I don't remember the exact day. I can't pinpoint or the, on a calendar the exact day of my salvation. And I know you've probably heard preaching, oh my goodness, he doesn't know the day and the hour. Well, I know it was at night time. And, um, and I don't remember the exact date. And some of you may be that way. Um, you know, I, I have some kids that got saved when they were little. I don't think they know the, the day or the hour. You know, I have left Virginia before, and I've come back, right? And now I know that I'm in Virginia. Whether I know when I came back into Virginia or not, now I know I'm in Virginia, right? And you know I'm in Virginia too, because you know you're in Virginia. I know I'm in Christ. I don't remember exactly when I got in Christ, but I'm in Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians. This morning as... Uh, Preacher Mike was doing his Sunday school lesson. He started to turn to different texts of Scripture. And I was like, oh no, is he going to address this? Or is he going to talk about that? And, you know. But at the same time, that's a good thing. Because that, sometimes when, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you from several different preachers, from the same passages of Scripture, you know that the Lord might be trying to tell you something. Look with me at Ephesians chapter number 1. And I want you to know that, like I say, I... I said that I'm not a Calvinist, and I mean that, and I believe it um, wholeheartedly. Um, sometimes people take things out of context to make them say what they want them to say. And Ephesians chapter number 1 is one of the prime texts for them to do that. All right, because of something that we're about ready to read, but if you take it in the context of the first few verses, and you don't just skip down to verse number 4, and everybody just looked down at verse number 4, didn't you? Right? You've got to look at verse 1, 2, and 3 first. Now, look with me at Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints. Who's he writing to? To the saints, which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. These are people that have placed their faith, their trust in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see something. This book has a lot to do with being in Christ. The book of Ephesians has a lot to do with being in Christ. Are you in Christ? All right, we, we talked about the plan of salvation, and I know y'all are thinking, well, he's taking you through the Romans Road plan of salvation. Sure I am. Sure I am. Okay, and I hope you know the Romans Road plan of salvation. Well, you get to the point where, where you know that Romans 10, 9, and 10 tells us that um, if we... Well, let me go there and read it exactly so I don't misquote anything. And y'all think, well, he is not using the King James. I use the King James. All right. Um, Romans 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, as I take people through the gospel, and I took a homosexual man one time through the gospel presentation, and he agreed with everything. And I took him through, he wanted to know what the what the Bible said about homosexuality. So I took him through Romans chapter number 1. And we came back to this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, I asked him, do you believe that Jesus is God? And that he died on the cross for your sins and that he rose from the grave? He said, yes, I do. 
All right? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I asked him, Are you willing to call upon the name of the Lord with a repentant heart that He might save you? That He might change your life? And He shook. He folded His arms and He shook. Because He's not willing. He was not willing to give that up. You know, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Is there something in your life that you're just not willing to give up? Well, I did my duty on Sunday morning, so... Now that church is over with, now I can go have a beer. Or now I can do this or do that. No. No, do you have a repentant heart? Do you have a heart that would, that would say, I'm His and He is mine. And I want Him. And I want that relationship with Him. And I would call out to Him as a, as a child would call Abba, Father. You know what that word Abba means? It means Daddy. Means daddy. And I love the fact that my kids will call me daddy. And if they need me, I'm there for them. He wants to adopt you. He, he wants to atone for you. He wants to lead you with the, through the power of his Holy Spirit. Back in Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us, who is that? The faithful in Christ Jesus. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You have to be in Christ first for that. You have to be born again. Born into His family. According as He hath chosen us in Him. How are you chosen? Are you chosen by God before eternity began? Whether to go to heaven or to go to hell? As the Calvinists would say? No. According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. He wants you to be a part of His family. He wants to adopt you. He wants to take you in and to love you and for you to call Him Daddy. He wants you to be His child. And I don't know if your earthly father has messed things up in your life so bad that you can't understand that. A lot of people have that problem. But I know that when your mother and your father forsake you, the Lord will lift you up. He'll take you in. He'll wrap his, his arms of loving kindness around you and say, I want you. Man, woman, boy, girl, He wants you. He wants you to be His child. He wants to guide you with His Spirit. Is He doing that? You know, I can guide my kids with my eyes. You ever gotten that look from dad? <laughs> Hunter's sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh, I've gotten that look, I've gotten that look. But Hunter, 
I've also looked at you and said with my eyes and without any words, I love you. I love you, boy. You ever had that look from your, from your dad? You know, the, the Word of God talks about the people of God being the apple of His eye. You know what the apple of God's eye is? It, you ever looked at somebody so close and you get, take the glasses off, oh, now everybody's blurry, right? You ever looked at somebody so close that you can see your reflection in their pupil? You know what I'm talking about? That's the apple of their eye. To be able to be the apple of His eye, you've got to be looking at Him. You've got to be close to Him. To be able to be led by the Spirit, you've got to be close to Him. You've got to be walking with Him and you've got to be looking to Him. He's the author and finisher of your faith. Are you looking to Him? Are you looking to the Scriptures? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Is the Word of God something that's important in your life? If you don't know what Daddy's saying, how are you going to obey Dad? He wants you to love Him. He wants you to know Him. The Father wants to adopt you. The Son wants to atone for you. The Spirit wants to lead you. If you're a child of His, are you being led by the Spirit of God? If not, there's a problem, folks. Your church family needs you. You need to love one another. I've got thick enough skin. I'm not worried about it if you love me. I'd, I'd like for you to. As brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I'd like for us to love each other. I'd, I'd like for us to have mutual respect. As a church family, in a time of transition especially, but at any time, love one another. And if there's murmuring and complaining and backbiting and fighting and grumbling, wait, you don't know what she did to me. I don't care. Get over it. I tell my kids all the time, build you a bridge and get over it. Right? Might be time to build a bridge. There might be somebody in the midst today that doesn't know the Lord as their Savior. You're not 100% sure that if you were to die today, if you were to go out here and get into a car accident, heaven forbid, that you'd spend eternity in heaven. And you need to get that settled. There's, there's no shame in, in getting that settled today. That may, be, that may be the case for you. The Word of God says that you're not going to be ashamed of Him. Don't be ashamed of, of God. I don't know who the Spirit's speaking to in your heart right now are you are, are you missing something in your life is there something that would say you know what bud yeah that's me i don't know that i know if if i were to die today that i'd spend eternity in heaven we're going to give an invitation in just a moment and and either the altar's open you don't have to come to an altar but that's a good place to get saved um some people tell you, well, I, I don't have to be one of those Christians that, can, uh, that goes to church every Sunday. I can be a Christian in the deer stand. Hogwash. You need the body of Christ. You need to be here. You want the Word preached to you? You need to be here. You want the fellowship of the brothers and sisters in Christ? I see some white hair. I see some heads that are lacking a little bit of hair more so than others. I see some young folks here. And that's great. I see some itty-bitty folks here. We need every member of the body of Christ, right? You need each other. 
The old folks need the young folks. Don't get upset if you hear boom, 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 boom as some kid's running around. All right? You need each other. You need that next generation coming up. Are you being led by the Spirit? The Spirit's going to lead you through His Word. When's the last time you read it? When's the last time you prayed? I'm going to ask, would, would you mind playing a hymn of invitation? And I don't know how y'all normally do things. Um, if you would, stand with us with heads bowed and eyes closed. Give you a chance to stretch your legs at least. And sister, don't wait for me. You just go ahead and start, start playing. Thank you for doing such a wonderful job on the piano. How's your witness, folks? If you are born again, and I, I trust that the majority of the people within the sound of my voice today know Christ as their Savior, have been born again. Is there someone within the circle of your influence that does not know Christ as their Savior? It might be that you need to come to an altar or right there where you're at, lift their name up before their heaven, your Heavenly Father. Ask your Father for something that's in accordance with His will. Lord, there's somebody that I know that needs You as their Savior. Would You draw them to Yourself? But don't just sit there and think it's always about the other guy. It's always about that other gal. It may be that it's You. You remember that old hymn, It's Me, It's Me, It's Me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer? How's Your walk? Is He leading You through his, the power of His Holy Spirit? He's not going to lead you in a direction that's contrary to His Word. Are you loving your brothers and sisters in Christ? It's going to take the Holy Spirit coming into your life and working in your life for you to be able to love some of these folks. You might think, well, that person's just unlovable. Well, you might be the one that's unlovable. You're going to want them to love, love you when you need it. Y'all at least care about each other? You're here this morning as a body of believers and you need to walk forward in life. This church needs to move forward. This church needs to go on with God. Are you being obedient to His Holy Spirit? Alright. I trust you being obedient to Him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank You so much for Your grace and Your mercy. I thank You that You have adopted us into Your family if we know You as our Savior. Lord, I don't know if everyone here today knows You as such. Lord, I pray that You would draw people, that You would help them to understand their need of You. Lord, I pray that You would um, help this body of believers to love one another, to cherish the moments that they can spend with each other, to help one another through the difficulties of life, to bear one another's burdens, to spend time before Your throne of mercy and grace. And Lord, like a small child, I ask that You would hold our right hand, that You would lead and guide and direct as only You can through the power of Your Spirit. We need You, Lord. We thank You for this day. We thank You for this people and for this time spent around Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you all so much for your attention. And um, brother, I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And that's something that we definitely need to do. We need to take the gospel out 
to whether we're going out to a restaurant, whether we're meeting up with family, uh, and then tomorrow at work or at the place of work or whatever, whatever it may be, we need to be sharing the gospel with folks. And as this last song that we're going to sing, Christ the Lord is indeed risen, and he gave us hope. So let's go ahead and share that. Let's sing this, and we'll be dismissed. Christ the Lord is risen dismissed. Brother Bing, I ask you to go back to the back so folks can greet you on the way out and you and your family. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate the message. Uh, always good to be in God's house. Amen. And uh, Mabel, good to see you. Amen. I, I saw you last week, but I didn't get to say, say good to see you. Answer prayer there and praying for you to continue to get stronger and heal up here. Amen. All right. Let's dismiss with prayer. Father, thank you again for uh, the Word of God. Lord, thank you for the Spirit of God that takes the Word of God and Lord, teaches us, changes us, molds us, and makes us. Help us leave this place, Lord, with a desire to serve you with more fervency. Help us, Lord, to, again, be a witness to those around us. Thank you for this dear church family, Victory Way Baptist Church. Look forward to tonight, 630, and Lord, uh, to just all you have for us in Christ's name. Amen.